Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, this is the Investor Coaching Show, and I am Paul Winkler. Now, you are going to be hearing a segment from a workshop that we did and we have on our website that you can register for. Now, let's say that you're one of these people that's going through a divorce. Maybe you're in that unfortunate circumstance that you've been told that that's going to happen. Maybe you're the one initiating it, and you want to know what to expect financially, what you're going to have to do, the things that you have to prepare. This is a workshop that we are teaching on this particular topic. You go to paulwinkler.com. If you want to see actually the visuals on this, you're going to hear the audio, which is really good. And the ladies that I work with who are certified divorce financial analysts, Arlene Brown and Ann Swaski, talking about this topic and walking you through the things that you need to know if you're going through this. So check this out. And thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Show. All right, and welcome to our workshop. Thanks for joining us here. We are going to be talking about a topic that, well, some of you may have been through, some of you may be going through, some of you may be dealing with, or maybe you have people that you know are dealing with this particular issue. Either way, what we're going to do and Arlene and myself is just walk you through some of the things that you need to know if you're dealing with contemplating uh, or in the midst of a divorce, you know, and you're in that unfortunate situation where this is happening, but you just got to figure it out. You don't really have a whole lot of choice in the matter. You got to figure out how to make sure that this goes okay. Now, some people I've, and I've, I've known family members. And uh, we'll talk about some family members that have gone through this. And Anne, Arlene, I'm sure I'm, you're going to have plenty of opinions on this because you are both chartered, uh, chartered uh, divorce financial analysts. And certified divorce financial analysts. Certified CDFA. divorce. See, I messed it up already. You like that? <laughs> that's okay. That's not one of my designations. I've got a lot of designations, but that's not one of them. But that's why they're here is because that's their area. They know this area. And uh, Arlene, having been working in... In that capacity for quite a while, has yeah, it not been? Uh -huh. And mediation. And mediation. Yeah, I knew that. And I'm going to be bringing up questions about oh, mediation. Oh, yeah. No. It won't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and and having a legal background as well is going to be super helpful. So we're going to jump into things here. This is a workshop that uh, we wanted to put together just because these are areas that a lot of times people don't want to think about, they don't want to talk about, they don't really hear an awful lot about. But we're going to start off with this, uh, talking about the three sources of income. You ladies want to just walk through some of these sources of income, child support, spousal support, marital property, um, anything to say about these things as being just one of the areas that we look for income. Uh, but there's not the only thing, of course. You know, right. Work income, uh, you know, if you're working still. But you know, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Right. And anything that on this particular topic right here. Or well, um, I I think that uh, when you're in the process of divorce, one of the things we do is we want to look at um, where income will come from, especially if you are the party 
in the marriage that doesn't have as high of an income. Sure, and then we'll definitely be handling that because that, of course, can be the case where somebody, that's sometimes that holds somebody in a marriage that really yes. is abusive even. Right. You know, just simply right. because they're so afraid of losing income. Let's just back up a little bit because mm-hmm. um, in a divorce, there are two parties, of course, uh, one that is serving the serving the divorce paper and one is the one, the one who is being served. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if you are the one serving the paper, you are ahead, few steps ahead. Because you already okay. kind of know you, what's coming. Yes, You've been because, thinking about it, and it isn't a surprise to you. That makes yeah, a lot of sense, right. yeah. It right. doesn't, you don't wake up in the morning and decide to divorce. So mm-hmm. you have already uh, emotionally have 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 really thought about it, okay? Mm-hmm. And probably analyzed your financial situation, okay? And probably as well, uh, and, I, and this is something that I don't recommend, uh, hide, hide hiding assets. And yeah, assets. I, I, okay. I, I that's some of my questions. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, I'll have some questions uh, for you, ladies. So we'll, and we'll, we'll get if into you that are area. the one who is being served, now there's a lot of emotions going through. Okay, so and it's easier said than done to say, pull yourself together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very easy to say, but hard to do. Right. But uh, again, uh, when it's divorce. It's all about money. It is. And you know what I always it's tell sad. people mm-hmm. from a legal standpoint is get yourself a bulldog of an attorney. <laughs> well, we'll get to that as is whether it's going to be an attorney or some, somebody arbitrating. I have but a, yeah. I have a different opinion in that. <laughs> I mean, that's what I like. It's like if we all have the same opinion on something, we're in, some of us aren't needed, right? Yeah, so let's but, talk. Let's, let's, oh, good. I was just going to jump gonna in. I was just going to say, Go because ahead. you have to fight. Yeah. You have to fight for your income. Yeah. You know, you know. actually, one of the first movies I watched with my wife. Uh, the War of the Roses? <laughs> yes, that's oh exactly right. You uh-huh. nailed it. <laughs> so but, but I know I where am, you're coming from. I am on, on, more on, on give, take, wiggle. Give, take, wiggle. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a new dance. I agree, but here's the thing. You need to have the advocate for your side well, yeah, or uh-huh. you're not gonna get that's, something back you're only gonna uh-huh. give yeah. Yeah. no that's why yeah. uh you need to educate yourself and right. you need once you get that paper in front of you the first thing you need to do is become a good archaeologist dig 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 if you can dig three years of financial data Mm -hmm. good but if you can do the five-year financial data better okay Okay. so it's dig very dig dig all right that's that's Uh good advice so start off with child support let's talk about that go ahead i'll let you either one of you well, when, when it comes to child support in Tennessee, there is uh, there is uh, Tennessee child support guidelines. So you have set guidelines, uh-huh. and and it follows the income shares uh, income shares guide uh, guideline as well. That's okay. a federal. Yeah. Uh-huh. So a what's federal this non- what's the not negotiable part about this when it says well, it's not negotiable? There's Talk federal about that. guidelines that are a basis. Mm-hmm that are normally considered a minimum and they do it based on the number of children the income that 
you know, uh, the two spouses make. So does this mean it's 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 not it's negotiable at first, but then after it's said it's not negotiable? What what does that mean exactly? Well, okay, first, okay, it's the it's the income, the gross income, okay, and when it comes to income. Okay, when it comes to child support, it's inclusive and very broad. Okay, Mm -hmm. the definition of income is not only earned income, but an earned income, passive, active, everything. Okay, is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. includable as income. So, passive income, for example, if you don't know what that is, Uh you're looking at interest payments, Mm -hmm. interest payments, rental payments, something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh huh. So, so, and also, uh, uh, it's a function of the number, also number of days, the parenting days you, uh, the That's the parent is, right. is. Yeah, because uh, if you're doing a shared custody, right. obviously you don't need as much Yeah, you might have somebody, sure. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense because sometimes I've seen where people are, they only have the kids every two weeks right. or just on weekends versus, you know, all right. the weekday. Yeah, it makes and a lot of sense. there's no such as 50-50. It may start as 50-50, but then you always have the principal, uh, the primary uh, residential parent, okay, which mm-hmm. probably will only have 82, 183 days, mm-hmm. and the other, the other uh, the alternate uh, parent is, uh, residential parent is 182 days. If they split uh-huh. it even so, down the middle. Now, yeah. of course, now mm-hmm. th- with this child support, then it's not taxable to the recipient, because you, I, I think about it this way. It is when, when I was learning about this, I was thinking in terms of, well, if two people are living together, husband and wife living together, and one is actually handing money over to the other to take care of the child, that's not a taxable thing. So it's a very right. similar type of thing. Right. There, mm-hmm. Which makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. Now, there's some problems with child support. You know, talk about those a little bit. What is the problem with child support? The what? definition of child support it starts with the basic child support obligation, which only really the big three, the house, uh, housing, food, and transportation, and then, and then you do the you you add the uh, entertainment. Okay, but the rest. The rest are not necessarily necessarily. You have extraordinary expense for ed- education. Okay, right. that is not in- included. It may be. It may be looked into. Negotiated. Uh-huh. Negotiated. As, as something. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think right. it's very important for uh, the parties with children to really drill down and figure out what the costs are for those kids. Everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything, yes. health care, mm-hmm. uh, insurance. Um, do they are they in club sports? That's very expensive. Mm. Uh, college. Uh, are they in private schools? You know all of these various things that you don't really think about. Mm-hmm. Sure, but they are important. Now that being said, you know this slide says problems with child support. What happens if the amount of child support doesn't cover all these things? Kids are very expensive, and when you divide a household in two, it doesn't mean that Mm. you can afford to pay for every single thing. So as the probably the spouse that doesn't have as much income, Mm -hmm. you really need to think seriously about how much of these things can I afford that aren't going to be reimbursed 
Mm -hmm. Because just because we ask for something doesn't mean we're going to get it. All right, so let's jump into spousal support. This is an area that has changed in recent years, and it doesn't seem like it's a change for the good is the way I look at it right here. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on your point of view. But, but yeah, I mean, it's used to be, you know, in years past when uh, women really weren't in the workplace very much, uh, that spousal support was long term could be for life mm -hmm. and in some cases that's still going to be the case because um, traditionally the guy worked outside yes. the home and the woman didn't yes. and that has changed significantly yeah significantly. but with with the advent of women in the workplace and a lot of them making more money good money mm -hmm. um now it's becoming uh less um likely that you're going to get spousal support or you'll get it for a shorter period of time. For a limited period. And they have this uh, concept now of rehabilitative spousal support, which will be, will give you spousal support for a period of time to help you get training on a more uh, good paying career. Make you more marketable. And make you more marketable. Right. And, right. and hence, it's the idea of giving you a period of transition to get your ducks in a row. Yes. The transition yes. is different from rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh -huh. um, now, uh, when it comes when it comes to um, alimony, um, the... I'm 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 losing my thought. <laughs> so you're are you talking well, about the the deductibility where it used to be deductible, and then it was taxable to the recipient, which made sense because if the person who is well, paying it typically then have a higher income, and getting that deduction allows more money go to go to the recipient, and that's and, the thing that they blew up. Well, and allows a lot of of financial uh, planning. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, now it makes way more we made way more sense uh -huh. before yeah. because now it's no longer tax deductible to the payer and it's not taxable to the recipient. Yeah, and you may think, oh, well, this isn't that good for the recipient, but you know, you think about it this way. Let's just use a number example. In the old days, what it'd be, somebody has $10,000 and they're in a 40% tax bracket, that 10,000 becomes $6,000 and then 6,000 goes to that person. That's the way, you know, that it used to be. Mm -hmm. Now you got $10,000 and you don't get to deduct that and now you end up with 6000 like that, and then that 6000 goes, well, before it used to be, let me kind of redo that, because the way it used to be uh, was that. Now what it is, you have 10000 it becomes six, it goes to that person. Because we, you're paying as opposed to, tax before. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to 10000 going to that person, because it's deductible. You don't right. have to pay taxes on it. The full 10000 goes to that person receiving it. But they're in a 20% tax bracket. You pay 20% in taxes. It becomes 8000 which they get more money the other way. It was more efficient that way. But I guess the government gets more money if it is no longer tax deductible. And <laughs> Yeah, so that changed at the end of 2018. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah. no, it wasn't. So, wow. Um, so, I mean, the bottom line with spousal support is the answer to, um, are you going to get spousal support? Uh, it depends. Mm -hmm. It really depends on the situation. It's very fact-based. It's based on the length of the marriage, the income disparity, the, the parties, mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah so. yeah. so that's how that works. Yeah. Now... No, you, Arlene, you're going to add something? Well, uh, no, what I was saying, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, the first thing that they do is establish the, who is, who is, uh, 
who is the uh, has the ability to pay yeah, and who brand. has the need for support right. Right. and then look at the other factors like like age okay mm-hmm. physical condition health mm-hmm. condition right okay and training education mm-hmm. okay right. sure and and the contribution of each spouse and mm-hmm. maybe one spouse yes she stayed home as a homemaker mm-hmm. but uh, sh- she was very she was very uh very uh her contribution to be, being able his her husband being able to to get more training and more education right, because get, she was taking some of the load off of him allowing right. him yeah, more time uh-huh. to get so the training in this particular are taken example into consideration yeah, there's a lot uh-huh. of lot of for uh, sure fact-based considerations in that okay so post-divorce expenses talk a little bit about that what is it that you're supposed to do if you're working with an attorney in this talk a little bit about what you're supposed to provide to the attorney right here well you when you provide it's not only post-divorce expenses. Yeah. You actually start with pre-divorce expenses right, right. Uh, during the during the mm-hmm. process, and then post-divorce expenses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you so need you to look at past, all of, present, and future. Yeah. Expenses. All of your mm-hmm. detailed budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you see with that is, um, people are diff- People find it difficult to come up with this budget. I think that's so true, Anne. Yes, because it's, I don't think people always know what they spend. And then lots of times when you get this list of the budget items, you'll find that both parties are claiming the same thing or, um, oh, this is also up here in the credit card expense. Oh, yeah. So they may inflate it as as opposed to when I'm doing retirement planning. People typically think they're spending less than they really are. Yeah. Now, they may or may not be doing it intentionally, but you see that quite often. So you really have to drill in on those expenses. And to Arlene's point, there's going to be different expenses before and after. Sure. You know, you have to account for the attorneys. You have to account for um, separate. So, so you got some number process. crunching that happens here that has it. to figure out what the ex-spouse needs and how for how long they're going to need it. How long right. is the transition period, as you were talking about, exactly. Anne? And then knowing how much that the person can afford to pay. I mean, what right. what will happen right. as far as their lifestyle? You know, if they're paying too much in in those expenses. Now, modifiable versus non modifiable it depends uh two of the there are four types of alimony uh-huh. okay the two are mod, mod, modifiable and the other two are non-modifiable in uh, uh okay. in which is uh alimony in solido, which is the sum uh lump sum payment okay which is sometimes it is attached to the marital settlement okay, okay. so that would be Property just a big div- bunch of money you just get it in that settlement so yeah. it mm-hmm. might be something we talk about a little bit later with regards to having assets and how much goes to this mm-hmm. person over here mm-hmm. boom is that what you're talking about that splitting or is it separate from that when you split assets for example like the property well, values and well this is a different deal sometimes uh Sometimes uh, you have the alimony in in lump sum payment in relation as well to the property division. Division. Oh, okay, uh, yes. okay, that's 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 uh-huh. good. That's Thanks for clarifying that. So yeah. that that is not modifiable. Okay, okay? Got the it. rehabilitative is 
modifiable. Sure. So um, yeah, let's say the situation not, changes mm-hmm. down the road where the person isn't making as much mm-hmm. or they end up in a situation that they didn't expect. Maybe the person becomes disabled or, or loses a job or whatever. You might have to modify that for that particular. Mm-hmm. Is, that a, is that a good yes. example? Mm-hmm. Okay. And insulid uh, in Futuro is uh, modifiable. Okay. So, so you can change this. It's not set in stone. But that's often when you hear the cases... My ex is going to bring me back into court, you know, try to get more alimony. So that's what you're talking about with the modifiable. Okay. Now, taxes, social, uh, spousal support, um, and maybe needing social support. I almost said that. <laughs> but how do taxes impact spousal support payments? How does that impact things? Are, are we just talking about... It's just not deductible. Is that kind of where we're at with yeah, that? Uh huh. So it's it's really double whammy for the for the payer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Writing that check, but not necessarily really... great for the person receiving either, because mm-hmm. you know they may have been able to get greater spousal payments. Yeah. I, I think the government wins in that. Really, is that's kind of my my stance on that one. Insurance support. So this is something that we got to think about because, and I alluded to it a little bit. Uh, what if the person becomes disabled? What if the person passes away that is doing the support payments? Right. What do you put mm-hmm. in into place to make those make sure those payments will continue to go that direction? And very often there'll be life insurance on the um, life of the spouse mm-hmm. at, that disability. has to be paid, or yes, disability as well. Mm-hmm. But also you can secure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there's a note mm-hmm. that very often there'll be a note for an amount owed mm-hmm. over time that should be secured and it can be secured by real estate or um a, you know okay so kind of collateralized as we yes, would say you have collateral just like you you know hey if you don't pay this then you get the asset yes if this doesn't yes. get paid yeah yeah that makes a whole lot of sense well, and let's just talk a little bit about disability just really quickly because mm-hmm. one of the things you need to think about with disability insurance you might have a group plan at, at work not recognizing that there's a possibility that it could get canceled. Uh, You've got to be aware of that. I would be aware of that. Also, the other thing is many times the disability policies that you have at work don't cover a whole lot of your income. It may only cover like you know, 60% of your income. Or sometimes 50%. Yeah, it could be even less. So you know, looking at possibly having some kind of other disability policy that bridges the gap or adds to that is mm-hmm. something to be thought about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those two types of insurance and making those calculations on how much life insurance that you might need to actually you know, take care of the obligation that's here. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area. But you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area. And everything that we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing, and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call, and we look forward to seeing you soon.
Now, property. This is where it gets really interesting because it may be different uh, in some places versus others. But you'll have property as marital property, separate property. A lot of times people will say, oh, you know, my mom, my dad passed away and I got an inheritance. And what do I do with that asset? So let's talk a little bit about the differences between marital and separate property. What are the differences between those? Well, separate property is typically going to be property that you brought into the marriage. Mm-hmm. It also could be um, an inheritance or a gift. It could be um, a trust that you had in your name only. Mm-hmm. Those will typically be separate. Mm-hmm. Um, marital property are going to be the things the, that are acquired during the marriage yeah. that were not kept separate. Yeah, if we put it into a joint account or mm-hmm. we both put our money together and bought this, whatever this may be, some item or, or some but asset. I should, and, yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to say, and, and I said that we're not kept separate. I mean, that's not totally true because um, when we're going to look at 401k assets. Sure, a that's a really good and, point. And those are kept Excel- separate. Excellent because of tax laws, but that's right. a really great point. But, yeah. but those would be considered uh, in the marital estate as well. Okay. So. And Arlene, you were going to... Um, sometimes, okay, there are that rollover four hundred one k from the from previous employer mm-hmm. the, when you were single. Oh, and then good point. Oh, that's an excellent you, point. point. Yeah, sure. You Roll might have assets that you brought in yeah. into the four hundred one k and then the marriage. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it becomes marital, not quite. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if you can trace the. Right. Well, the previous oh, 401k? interesting. Okay. So, yeah, yeah Arlene's talking so about, yeah, that, that's a really interesting so point. So that right. can be mm-hmm. separate, okay? And if you have no clue but what then, Arlene just said, because it's it may be a little bit complicated, you have a previous job, then, you know, you have a 401k, and then what happened when you were working for that company previously to you actually getting married, you rolled it into a current employer, mm-hmm. and it was an asset that was acquired before you guys got married. Mm-hmm. And now the situation is you have to account for that. That. A lot of times people will roll those old 401ks mm-hmm. into IRAs, but in the case you roll yeah. it back into another 401k, that can be a different deal. That's really but interesting. That can be that can still be separate, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. If you can okay. trace that back, but the growth, yeah, is marital. Oh, yes. that's fascinating. Yes. Fascinating. Yeah. If okay. it's a growing, if it's a growing asset, if it, if it grew while you were married, and the growth okay. happened during the marriage, mm-hmm. it is marital. That yeah. is super, super interesting. So separate property, as we talked about, assets brought into the marriage, left in a separate name, and inheritances are often worried about right here, where this somebody is, yeah. gets something from mom or dad, and mom and dad would be rolling over in their grave if they knew that this asset went to a person that ended up you know, being an ex for this their child. This is where child. emotions, this is where I see, I oh, have yeah. seen a lot of tears I'm sure. in this I'm inheritances, sure. yeah. especially if it's from, but that's from my grandma. Uh-huh. Okay, but here's the thing. Okay, you inherited $40,000 mm-hmm. and you use it to as a down payment mm-hmm. to the uh, marital and the home is marital. Yeah. Okay, you can actually ask uh, reimbursement for that $40,000. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. That is so, so interesting. Again, yeah. Okay. So when it comes to Not divorce, okay, feelings, uh, being mad at each other, mm-hmm. okay, 
talk to each other. Right. So that negotiations, you can talk, you can negotiate. You know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Oh, that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. Good way of putting it. Very good. Uh, so marital property, we talked about this. Stuff you accumulated during the course of the marriage. That's what they call marital property. Then you have the home. Mm-hmm. Who... You know, it's it's like the, you know the old country song. You know, all I got was the bird. Oh. <laughs> you know, some it was a parakeet or something like that, or a parrot or something like that. You, you know, that, or no, wait a minute, I like the other song better. It's uh, you know, she I, I, she got the gold, I got I, I got the gold mine. She got the sh- or, oh, no, yeah. wait a second, she got the gold mine. I got the shaft. Yeah. There we go. I'll figure this out. <laughs> Yeah. When it comes to the home, remember you married the person uh-huh. that you are divorcing. You don't marry yourself to the home. Right, but there are a lot mm-hmm. of memories there, so mm-hmm. sometimes people do get emotionally attached there to the home. There are a lot of memories, mm-hmm. and sometimes there is new so memories. Well, sometimes they're right. not so great, but you know, you, what are you going to do with the house? But it, that's the thing. A lot of people... Um, with children in particular, they say, oh, it's so important. I don't want to upset the kids and make them move. Well, or you may be changing school, school zones and things like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh-huh. So they want to keep the house. Mm-hmm. And I don't always find keeping the house is the best thing to do, um, especially for a spouse who doesn't have a good income mm-hmm. because you'd be better off taking other yeah, assets. Yeah, it could be a huge liability. Right, wow, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because and they think... can't afford to stay in that place. Exactly. Because now, you know, they say that, that two live more cheaply than one, mm-hmm. and you have one trying to stay in a house that was hard for both of them to stay in, let's say even. Right. Yeah, you know, and then here's the other thing. I have a... Taxes. I and had I... <laughs> a, a situation with a client who was getting divorced, and it was not her idea, and her spouse was the one on the um mortgage but mm-hmm. he stopped paying after he moved <gasps> out yes that was one of my questions i uh, had for yeah. you later is so, that and then we'll allude back to it because that could be an issue credit and and what do happens you trust this person yes. to keep paying yeah and because because if you're both on on the um the deed and you're on the mortgage it doesn't matter if you say to the mortgage company, "Well, my my ex husband is paying." Responsibility, and, right? So they what? don't care. You're on there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you really have to be in a situation where you would have to trust that spouse to keep mm. paying, even during the divorce process, which mm-hmm. takes a while. Mm-hmm. So, like in this case, he stopped paying right away. Mm-hmm. And the house is then in default, mm-hmm. accruing lots of interest uh, default and interest, and you're losing equity value then by the day. So are you right. better off to disrupt your kids all in one fell swoop or to have to bring them through a foreclosure down the road? This has been the Investor Coaching Show. Thanks for tuning in. I am Paul Winkler. You've been listening to a workshop on, if you've been listening for the past hour, on divorce financial planning with Ann Sawaski and Arlene Brown and myself. They are both certified divorce financial analysts, and I hope you have found that helpful. And uh, you want to see the visuals, you want to hear some things over again, by all means, go to our website, paulwinkler.com, paulwinkler.com. You will see the webinar right there 
on the website. Check that out. And thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Show. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.